Hello, and welcome to A Health Podacy. I'm your host, Alan Weil. There are currently an estimated 37.3 million Americans living with diabetes, more than a 40% increase from just a decade ago. Thus, it isn't surprising that efforts to measure and improve the quality of health care focus a significant amount of attention on diabetes. Indeed, major healthcare quality data sets all include a number of measures related to the quality of diabetes care. But given continuing growth in the burden of diabetes, it's appropriate to ask the question, what are we actually getting from measuring the quality of diabetes care as we do it today? That is the topic of today's episode of A Health Policy. I'm here with Rosalina McCoy, Associate Professor of Medicine at Mayo Clinic. Dr. McCoy and co-authors published a paper in the July 2022 issue of Health Affairs examining diabetes quality measures. They recommend some pretty significant changes in how we measure and report on the quality of diabetes care, and we'll discuss those in today's episode. Dr. McCoy, welcome to the program. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. I'm looking forward to this conversation because you challenge us in your paper to think differently about how we measure and report on the quality of care of a really common condition. Maybe just to set the stage, we ought to start with a question of how do we measure diabetes quality now? What, what, how would you describe our approach to measuring and reporting on diabetes quality today? That's, I think that's a really great uh, question and a place to start. And I think first, we really need to appreciate the goal of quality measurement. So really think the goal is to improve both how we deliver diabetes care and then the quality of the care itself that we are delivering in order to ensure that people living with diabetes live the best lives possible and that their disease poses the least burden to them, their communities, and our whole society. So with that in mind, I think we can see that the current state of quality measures do not really measure or incentivize the delivery of high quality care and the care that we want to receive. So most of the ways that we currently measure quality, they focus on effectiveness. So effectiveness looks at whether the treatment that we are giving and the way that we are giving it achieves a specific purpose in reducing some sort of outcome uh, to our patients, which for people living with diabetes usually is reducing the burden of diabetes complications. But at the same time, those measures uh, do not measure other really core and essential domains of quality. When we think about efficiency, safety, timeliness, patient-centeredness, and equity. The other challenge is that those uh, effectiveness measures are really surrogate effectiveness endpoints. So surrogate endpoints, they, they are meant to kind of estimate the thing that we're ultimately trying to achieve, but are not themselves things that matter. So let me give you an example. If our goal is to prevent people living with diabetes from having end-stage kidney disease that requires dialysis, that is the hard outcome that we're trying to prevent. But instead of actually measuring uh, incidence of end-stage kidney disease, we measure blood sugar. We measure really a small amount of protein in the urine. Because those things may be associated with increased risk of end-stage kidney disease down the road, but that data actually isn't very strong, and we know that there 
are other things that impact what we ultimately care about. So why not measure the thing we actually care about instead? And then the second challenge is that measures are frequently reported as kind of a composite or all or none measure. So that, for example, the most common diabetes quality measure is called a D5, and that's what we use in Minnesota. It requires that you know, a, pers- a person living with diabetes meets five things at the same exact time. They have to control their blood sugar, their blood pressure, their cholesterol, not smoke, and uh, take an aspirin if they already have heart disease. So if a patient doesn't meet all five at exactly the same time, they don't meet the quality measure. So there's no incentive really to work hard with a patient and get them to lower their hemoglobin A1C, for example, from 14 to 9%, even though we know that's gonna improve their health as much as it is to get someone to lower their A1C from let's say 8.1% to 7.9%, which won't improve their health, but gets them to kind of that threshold. And if a person is smoking and we know it's really hard to quit smoking, we may not even approach that patient or work with them because the health system may view them as a lost cause even though we really can improve their health. So I think the fact that we're not even the measures that we are measuring, the effectiveness ones, they are not measuring what we care about and they're not measuring them in a way that incentivizes or rewards us doing things that help our patients. Well, you've given me a lot to work with here. It sounds like there are a lot of shortcomings in how we approach measuring the care for people with diabetes. Uh, Let me try to take what you've said and break it into a few different pieces. Um, But before I do that, I guess I want to ask, and I know this isn't really the focus of the paper, but given these limitations you describe, I know so much effort has been put into developing these measures. Why do we have measures that seem so far away from what you've described as the appropriate uh, approach to quality? I think, you know, the measures that have been developed, um, they were developed for a couple of reasons. I think the ultimate goal is to measure the outcomes we care about at a state when they are amenable to intervention and change. You know, if our goal is to prevent end-stage kidney disease, like we talked about, once someone already develops end-stage kidney disease, that is too late for us to be seeing whether our population is on track to those better outcomes. So we really do want to measure things that are further upstream to give us an opportunity to really change what we do and, and improve health. But at the same time, I think Uh, when we went for ease of measurement and efficiency of measurement, we lost sight of what truly matters and also haven't kept up to date with emerging science of diabetes management to know what is it truly about how we care for diabetes that reduces the risk of those complications. So for example, uh, staying with that kidney disease example, we know that while reducing hemoglobin A1C or controlling blood sugar is essential uh, to preventing diabetes complications, it is not sufficient. We now have uh, glucose-lowering medications that reduce the risk of end-stage kidney disease independent of their ability to lower blood sugar. And people are proposing adding yet more measures that look at, well, do we use these medications in the correct populations? Um, If we're trying to 
prevent progression of kidney disease? Are we even checking kidney disease? So as we try to improve our one outcome, we get dozens of disparate measures that really get at the same thing. And so I think the challenge is not only what we're measuring, but with how many measures. And just like almost everything else in medicine, it, it should be about quality, not quantity. And in the quality measurement realm, we really went with an inordinate amount of measures from multiple organizations that try to get at different angles of the same thing, but do it a little bit differently each time so that every regulatory agency, every payer, every health system tries to do something because they want to do something, but we do too much creating confusion, um, chasing these different components of the same thing without taking a step back and asking what is it that truly matters to people living with diabetes, to the health system. Let's have kind of a big top line measure that we propose that tackle the big things like end-stage kidney disease so we can see how are we doing in the population level but then have supportive measures that are not used for public reporting, that are not used for reimbursement, but really are tools to help us get to that ultimate goal. So we have the top line measures, a really narrowly defined set of measures um, aimed at what we care about. Those we use for public reporting to tell consumers you know, how each health system is doing, how each state is doing, how each health plan is doing uh, in uh, supporting the health of their populations, but then give, have multiple other measures that each stakeholder level can use to measure their progress towards improvement. So measures need to be designed and rigorously evaluated for the specific purpose they need to serve, rather than just having an inordinate amount of measures that ultimately, I think, lead to more chaos than improvement. I was really struck in your paper, and you said it quickly earlier on in our discussion, that what we really have are a large number of effectiveness measures. But the Institute of Medicine, when it set out to define quality, had six different domains, and effectiveness was only one. And I was hoping you could walk us through, I, I, if, you, if someone wants the detail, they're going to have to read the paper, but if, if you could quickly give us a sense of the other domains and why it is that they're not captured, and, and maybe just a sense of how we could capture one of them, because uh, these are, each one of them is complex. Absolutely. And I think that was really one of, and I, as I was thinking about the state of diabetes care quality and initially thought of writing about um, the challenges with our current effectiveness measures and the fact that they really are what I call glucose centric rather than complications or risk centric. And then it dawned on me that I'm missing most of quality, even in the measures that we think about. So I'm really, um, really glad that you raised this point. So we already talked about effectiveness, right, which assesses whether patients are receiving evidence-based care that achieves desired goals, whatever we say those goals are. But the other components are um, efficiency, right? We can also think of them in the healthcare setting as value. So they consider uh, cost of care, low-value services, and waste. And I think that's really important for disease like diabetes, which affects so many people. And we consider the extent of waste and misuse of healthcare services. And here I want to call out that waste isn't 
always doing too much. It's doing things in the wrong way. And one of the things we've noticed with diabetes and in my research is what I call the risk treatment paradox, where people who are most likely to benefit from a particular line of care, whether it be testing frequency or medication use or intensity of treatment, they're not getting that care. While people who um, do not benefit as much and may be harmed by doing exactly the same thing, they are the ones who are getting it. So we have this mismatch and that's waste because we have a lot of expense and resources being spent in healthcare, but they're going in the wrong place and as a result leading to harm to both people, people who are getting it and people who are not. So I think we need to measure uh, efficiency and waste. There are some value measures in use, like total cost of care, rates of preventable hospitalizations, risk of readmission. But I think they really need to be expanded to the broader spectrum of diabetes management and not just focus on um, cost and inpatient care. That's really interesting. And um, I think we're probably not going to be able to walk through all the dimensions of of quality uh, as defined by the Institute of Medicine. But it's a reminder that um, when these measures are created, they are created for a particular purpose, and that purpose may not match our full the full array of the elements of of what patients and other people in the healthcare system would view as quality. Absolutely, I mean things like safety. We really don't have countermeasures for effectiveness, which would be a safety measure. No timeliness are getting our patients getting the care they need at the time that they need it. Uh, patient centeredness, right? Do, is the care that we're giving aligned with the patient's goals and preferences? And and really importantly, there's no measures of equity, right? Are is everyone benefiting the same from the healthcare system, or are there gaps? And I think as we think about improving um, equity and addressing social determinants of health, the almost complete lack of any kind of equity measures is striking and, and something that we talk a lot about in the paper. So I'm going to want to go in a deeper conversation with you about the topic of equity. We'll do that after we take a short break. And we're back. I'm speaking with Rosalina McCoy about modernizing the quality measures that we use in diabetes care. Uh, Before the break, Dr. McCoy introduced the topic of equity, which is one of the six dimensions of quality, and the basic absence of equity measures in the current uh, panoply of quality metrics around diabetes care. Uh, In the paper, you go into more depth on this topic Equity, of course, is getting a lot more attention these days, as it certainly deserves. In diabetes care, you do have a bit of a conundrum that has come up in other quality measures around equity, which is how do you make sure that you're closing gaps and not just measuring and, in some senses, uh, even reifying those gaps? Can you say a little more about the challenges in measuring and addressing inequities in diabetes care? You know, disparities and impact of social determinants of health and diabetes management is especially profound because we know that many social determinants of health are key drivers of diabetes risk, diabetes progression, and uh, the risk of its complications. So 
it becomes this uh, vicious circle where this, um, gaps in care, structural factors that impact all the things that cause diabetes, like inadequate access to healthy food, inadequate access to health care, safe spaces for physical activity and walking, all those things cause diabetes. They make it harder to manage diabetes. They make it harder to access care that people need to treat their diabetes and ultimately prevent complications. So if we want to rather than put a Band-Aid on the problem of diabetes, but we actually want to prevent and manage diabetes well, we have to manage social determinants of health. And to do that, we have to measure them. But at the same time, we don't want to create a system where people who are facing barriers to optimal care as the result of the social determinants of health that have really been imposed on them uh, by the structure and a system of you know, our society and our healthcare system, we don't want to create a system where those individuals receive suboptimal care because we say, well, if we adjust your quality measure by the, you know, the quality measure of the hospital, let's say, by these uh, socioeconomics of the populations they serve, in essence, that's going to say, well, we tolerate worse care in people who are disadvantaged, when in reality, the goal should be to give those systems that uh, serve underserved population more support to address those social determinants of health and lift people up to really fix the problems that are causing diabetes in the first place. So I think instead of, I know there's been a lot of conversation about, you know, do we adjust for social determinants of health? And I really don't think that's the answer because I worry that will worsen disparities. But instead, I think we can, I mean, we can look at quality measures stratified by at-risk populations so that one, when we compare health systems, we're comparing apples to apples and similar populations facing similar challenges. But we can also appreciate the challenges that are faced by health systems or public health agencies, right, or geographies that serve a high needs population and those and they can get more resources and more supports to help uh, their uh, their patients. And that we recognize that health, particularly in diabetes, it, even though we measure it in the medical domain, health spans all domains. And we can't narrowly focus on just the medical domain if we want to improve quality. We have to think about quality measurement across domains. So we need to apply them to public health agencies. We need to apply them to municipalities, to health plans, uh, to states, and really challenge every single level of our society to do their part and work together to improve quality. Um, and I think the other thing that we need to do is to start measuring those social determinants of health challenges. And I know that's something that a lot of people are working on and yet and, and struggle with, because how do we capture food insecurity in our patients? How do we capture housing insecurity? You know, studies show that most of the time we as clinicians don't ask our patients about the challenges they face and our patients don't acknowledge them to us. So how to create a system where we can know what our patients are, uh, are struggling with so that we can help them and how does the reimbursement system 
incentivize us helping them and create those tools because we need to start thinking about food, about housing, about transportation, uh, about language as key components of health. And until the, you know, the payers recognize that, um, I worry that won't happen to the extent that it should. Well, that last point ties actually back to where you started, which is the goals for quality measurement. And there are at least two. One of them is, as you said, sort of public reporting, so people have a sense of how things are going. Uh, But the other is payment policy and improvement, which we have some mixed experience on that. I mean, on the one hand, you want to pay those who do well more, but you also don't want to take resources away from those who are struggling, uh, who could do better if they had more resources. So as you put together the various elements of, of the, the goals you set out in this paper, um, you ended just now on the topic of payment. I wonder if you could say a little bit more about the policy side of this. After all, Health Affairs is a policy journal, not a clinical journal. If you were to try to help us develop a roadmap to move from the proliferation of measures we have now used the way they are to a narrower set, more focused on what matters, what kind of policies do you have in mind that would facilitate that? I think there's really two parts to that. I think one is really a much bigger and full-on, full-front investment and value-based payment models. Because I think even though we do have emerging value-based payment, they are challenged by the fact that we measure value in a way that is not really reflecting quality in its uh, true sense of the word. And uh, there are that this vast proliferation of measures and how we define value, I think all of that hinders value-based payment models. So I think one, we need to rethink how we measure value in value-based payment models and then enforce them much more uniformly. Because once we do that, there is going to be an incentive to really pursue better health rather than better meeting some random metrics within this large menu of things that are part of current value-based payment models. But at the same time, we, like you said, we have to be mindful that value-based payment models don't worsen disparities and funnel money to already well-resourced settings. So I think we have to be very strategic in how we measure value. Um, we can look at improvement. So are, even if you're starting from behind, are you improving? Um, and are you on a path to success? I think having... Uh, Uh, value-based payments being tied to strategic plans for how you, what you will do with those, with that money so that reimbursement doesn't only pay for care that you are doing, but also for investments in improving care for your populations, because those take a lot of upfront investment that organizations that need it most do not have the resources for. So, Value-based payment shouldn't be just about the care that you have now, but about the care and the infrastructure you need to administer that care going forward. And if we include all domains of quality in our definitions of value-based payments, I think there's 
a greater likelihood that we really will narrow uh, gaps in care and disparities and deliver, you know, goal-concordant, patient-centered, evidence-based care that is not wasteful, um, that is timely, that is appropriate, because those are going to be the things that we are measuring. You know, we will achieve the outcomes that we measure. And if we don't measure it, we will not improve it. So I think the first step is figuring out what do we need to measure in order to achieve what we want? And that more is not better. We need to be very strategic, I think, about what we do and how we do it. But I do believe that it is possible um, if we continue down the road of value-based payments uh, rather than the fee-for-service models. Well, Dr. McCoy, I really appreciate your helping us think in a more holistic way about quality and and the need to move our measurement system away from an obsessive focus on effectiveness, not that that isn't one important dimension, uh, to a broader conceptualization of quality, which is what uh, really matters to patients and is what we should expect from the healthcare sector. Um, I'm glad you were able to put it so effectively in writing and to explain it so effectively today. Uh, to an audience and to make it real with the example of diabetes care. But I believe you've told a story that needs to be uh, told about other domains of care as well. And so I also think you've provided us with a framework that can go far beyond uh, diabetes. Uh, Thank you for being uh, my guest today. And thank you for all the insights you provided to the listeners of A Health Policy. Thank you so much. It was truly an honor. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, I hope you'll tell a friend about a health policy. Health Policy is produced by Health Affairs, the leading journal for health policy research. The team behind the show includes Patty Sweet, Jeff Byers, Julia Vivolo, Sarah Kolk, and Sue Ducat. Like the show? Subscribe to A Health Policy on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Thanks for listening, and have a great morning, day, or evening.